What's going on, my friends? It's Dave Sharp. Welcome to Wake Up Legendary. And as you can see, um, we're back again. Wow. I mean, what a miracle. Just when they thought we were going to um, fall off the face of the earth, you know, internet marketing was going to um, explode and disappear and just be some fad. Well, it's only getting stronger. And uh, this morning is proof of that. We have a fantastic guest. Actually, excuse me. Excuse how dare I? We have two guests this morning. Excuse me, uh, Buddy the pup. Okay, is one of our guests, and Cindy uh, is the other. You too. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? We're good. Very cool. Very he dressed cool. up professionally for you. I I feel underdressed <laughs> personally. I mean, I feel like I'm the bum coming to the meeting here. You know. So, uh, first of all, hello, buddy, and uh, thank you both for joining us on the show this morning. Well, thank you for having us. And if Buddy gets you know anxious at any time, I would completely understand if he had to take off or he if he has other appointments even. I mean, I don't know. He may be, he seems like a very serious individual. So if he's got other things to do, uh, that's not going to bother me. But uh, Cindy, thanks so much for, for coming on. When did you go through our 15-day challenge? I did it last year. I can't remember exactly when, but I did it last year. Okay. And um, what did you, what were you looking for when you were on the internet and either found it purposefully or stumbled upon us? I basically stumbled upon it. I had, I had a business that I had to close and then I had to find something else to do. So I've never had a nine to five job like ever. So I didn't think at 55 was a good time to get one. So mm. I was, I was doing other things. I did Instacart shopping. I did, you know, things like that. I tried 10 MLMs and I was terrible at all of them. And then I came across this and I'm like, oh, this seems like a good fit. So that's how I found you. Nice. So you've had the, the entrepreneur bug, if you will, your whole life. Yes. I left okay. college. I remember they always said, you know, do what you love. And this was in about 87. Um, and so I'm like, well, I love to shop. So I started a personal shopping business. Problem is I didn't know how to market it. So I only had a couple of customers, but I called it tailored shopping services. I had oh. brochures printed up. I mean, you took that very literal, huh? I did. Yeah, I see, I see that. <laughs> Wasn't quite um, what they meant, but yeah. I was driving down the street uh, a couple of days ago and I saw a little girl sitting out selling, you know, lemonade or something like that. And um, it reminded me of my daughter. She did that. It's very frustrating when you're a very young kid because the sales are very far and few in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was it like going through the 15 day challenge? I mean, it's not you're not a complete um, you're not totally new to personal development and learning stuff uh, in your own way, I would assume. You've made your way since you dropped out of college, somehow, some way over the past decade or so. Uh, so, you know, um, what was it like going through our train? Well, I think what was interesting the first day was it wasn't even like a light bulb. It was like a light bulb explosion because you talked about the website and, you know, collecting emails and things. And I published two equestrian magazines for like 15 years. And we sold products that were like our custom logos and things we had, you know, things made. I never collected a single email. So I was like, oh, my God, I had 15 years of gold that I just yeah. didn't know what to do with. So that was like amazing. 
And what did you do? That was what kind of business? I published um, a question. I used to ride show horses at okay. Hunters and Jumpers. So I published yep. two magazines. I started them and published them for, well, one I sold after about 12 years and then I kept the other one. So I did it for about 15 years total. I was I was curious about, you know, if it did become a sellable business for you towards the end. Uh, and yes. it sounds like it did. Um you know, I, I feel your pain, though, because once we look back on things, probably the question that I would be asking is how much more could have I got for the business if I had a database of customers, if I was marketing, um, uh, upselling them, cross-selling them to other affiliate offers, downselling them to other subscription services or information courses. I mean, people who read things, it's a perfect opportunity for a lot of these dying magazines to introduce other forms of education or knowledge that those customers have already proven that they enjoy, which is yes. reading. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, and the customers, we have really loyal customers. I mean, we had a really good um, our, our, we were sort of a unique magazine. So the customers were very loyal to us and you're right. I mean, I, I mean, I just can't even imagine what it could have been if I had yeah. even, all I had to do is take day one of the training and I could have impact. I wish I had found it 15 years sooner and it would have changed my whole, you know, business. Yeah. Or life, you know, well, I mean, that too. <laughs> sadly money, money. You know, money can change somebody's life. Um, and uh, but you know what? So can internal, you know, so can internal shifts. And when you sold that business, I bet you had a lot of confidence and you had you had, you know, at least some belief that, hey, wow, I just completed a business, you know, launched it, sold it, etc. Let's talk about now coming in and, and getting started and then, if, you know, you, you gravitated towards animals once again. Um, talk to us about how that's transpired. Well, actually, after I sold it, I did feel good about it. But the one that I kept, I, again, just lacking some business common sense, I guess, mm. continued in the wrong direction with it. I should have looked at the signs about being more online, being because print, you know, in in print was really not the way to go. And had I been looking at it differently, I would have gone the route, like exactly what I learned in the training. I would yeah. have done the online thing. I would have really started to expand, would have changed a lot of things. So when I found legendary, I was actually feeling pretty horrible about myself because I'm not used to failing. Like I always feel like if you just try harder, you can succeed. So mm. when I had to close that other magazine because I had to, that was a, that was kind of a smack in the face because you're not, I'm, I wasn't used to having to accept defeat, you know, that way. Sure. Sure. So and that was lack been... of knowledge. That was yes. simply lack of knowledge. And I think that's a great example of when, when will runs dry, when yes. willpower runs dry, right. When willpower is yes. not enough. Yep. Right. Because you just made an interesting comment. I've always believed that if I just work harder, I could succeed. Yes. And not in the digital economy <laughs> because the digital economy is such a, such a different shift that it doesn't just take effort. It also takes the knowledge and the know-how, you know, how can I take all of this, this content that's in print 
and simply translate it over to digital. What does that look like? You know, yep. and now you've gotten your eyes open to what that looks like. And so how how did you come to partnering with Buddy the Pup in the Pup, pup fluencer. fluencer? Yep, the Pup oh. Fluencer. <laughs> well, Got when it. I first started to do lives, I it would make me nervous because I was like, I had a few trolls come on and, you know, at first you're not used to it. So I found that when he was with me, that I was more comfortable. And then I started putting clothes on him and then people kept started coming on just to see what he would wear. They didn't want to watch me. They just wanted to see what outfit he had on. Um, so if you happen to look at his account, you will see some of his wardrobe. It includes a tuxedo with tails. Um, yeah. So he started to go on with me. And then I realized that you guys kept talking about, you know, you got to give value. And I, you know, the song, The Little Drummer Boy, you know, I've got no gift to give. So I kept thinking, what value do I have? Because I'm so new at this. But yeah. then I realized with Buddy, the value was it made people happy. It showed people a different thing you could do. It made, I don't know, it just was a totally different mindset. So then I kind of shifted. I still do my account, but he's, his is definitely grown faster than mine. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. Value can be make. Let's talk about that for a second. You just dropped a very ambiguous golden bar. And so ha making people happy can be providing value. Can you say more about that? Because we always tend to overanalyze and overthink things. And you've just presented a very simple idea. Say more about that, and and uh, if you will, because I think that's big for people to really get on this episode if they can. That it's not just about wowing people with your know-how; it's simply how you leave people making them feel once they've watched your content. Well, I I was very surprised at like the following that he's developed. There are people that come to his page and say they just come here to get a smile in the morning, or they come, you know, when they're having a bad day, and everything about his i try try to be very careful it's all very positive um you know like i said i think there's just a lot of different kinds of value and people like me when you're when you're doing it you you don't realize that you know everybody's different people are going to vibe with you differently you know what i mean and they're going to connect differently and i i know maybe there's other affiliates like me that are not the super fast ones like i'm on the slow bus and everything took me longer. You know, I have, I struggled with some of the stuff, um, but you have to find your way. Like what, what is good for you and what you have to give and not copy other people. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It does. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult, it's so simple that it's hard to understand, right? Because when, when we come into anywhere, that's new as human beings, the first thing that we do is look around and learn and start to copy. It's natural. It's normal to do that. When we are babies, we look around at people who are walking and go, I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then we try and, and it's like, we're only simply looking at other people and copying them. So now we come in and then we get trained our whole life, not to use our brains, you know, to just sort of take orders and critical thinking skill development lacked in my education. So you're right. We come here and it's like, be creative, find our own voice or message. It's difficult. So what are some of the ways that you would suggest 
uh, you know, people to find their creative side. Like how have you, I mean, obviously one thing is you, you found a prop. <laughs> it just so happens to be your dog. And then the, and then the content kind of turned into the dog, but I've used props a lot in my video creation and in my content to help me to feel more comfortable, whether it be a whiteboard, a microphone that's sitting in front of me that I can just kind of grab if I get nervous or whatever. How have you settled in? You, you mentioned grabbing the dog. Is there anything else that you've done to help you kind of tap into your own creativity and confidence? Just doing it, I think. And I stopped... One of the hardest things for me, and I had to, I followed a lot of other affiliates because I wanted to get knowledge, but I found for me, sometimes it made me compare myself to them. And mm. when I wasn't doing it, what they were, you know what I mean? I felt like, so I had to just step back and I'd say like, okay, I'm me and I, I'm learning to do other things. Like I do some Amazon things. I do stuff with him. He wants to, he has a, a adventure newsletter. He's just starting. He's good. You're incredible. You are. Something. He wants, I haven't gotten a good contact yet. They're, they're fighting me to give me a good contact at Airbnb. What I really want him to be able to do is focus on pet friendly travel. And you're just sitting there like, yeah, she, like you're his man. Like he's just like, like an old man, like Warren Buffett. <laughs> when he, if you see any of his videos, he's learned when I kind of pose him, he stays there. This is his world. These treats, Sam he and will bite. do anything. And that's kind of, we started with a company called Zeus Nudes. That was his first commission was Zeus Nudes, which are these little knit hats. Okay. And they're, he had a unicorn Zeus Nude. And that's how he made his very first commission. Um, and then we realized that, you know, an $11 product was not going to buy him his $28 bag of treats. So <laughs> we, I see we had to step true. it up. But man like man has got wine taste with a beer oh. budget he needed to step it up and bring in more bacon oh. no pun intended because he's he got to bring salmon. in the whole pig trust he's got to bring in the whole fish though he likes yeah. salmon exactly. um so is that some of the things that you've you've monetized is 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 kind of showing treats and doing the little explanation sort of like what you just did was very valuable um and, and then linking to like, how are you monetizing the content? That's how I, I have started. But what I, in doing a little more like thinking on his, I, I figured his adventure newsletter, because a lot of his people just want to come and see him. So, mm. and I have had people, you know, they see his treats, they ask what they are because he loves them so much. But again, that's way too small to actually do what he needs to do to, you know, buy all his clothes. So Man's got expensive he, taste. You should see his outfits. He's got hundreds mm. of clothes. And he has shoes too. He has shoes. Mm. He even has a pair of Chuck Taylors. He has Converse Chuck Taylors. Um, so but I realized the adventure newsletter, going back to the ad value, he's a rescue dog. So I realized mm. that from the my magazine days, if I do the newsletter, it's from his perspective, it's a it's coming from him, not me writing it. And it's about things that he does because he he has a car. He does all kinds of things. He legit has a car. Um, right. And that I can feature like a rescue dog each newsletter, make it not salesy, and then bring in like the travel. Everybody that has their pets wants to know where can they travel, where can they stay. And then, I mean, I figure we could go into like airline things. I mean, something bigger than dog treats is what I'm hoping. You're, you know, 
I have context because my aunt um, has has two. One recently passed. It was very sad, um, very old, very sad. We don't want to think about that. Um, but uh, God, these the 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 small little dogs are. I mean, I think the small dogs more than anything. People really is that a duck? Where? I thought we heard a duck, and I and I saw. I, I saw, I heard a comment too, but maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, it's true. Those of you who are not dog owners may roll your eyes at what Cindy's saying right now. But if you are a dog owner or you know a dog owner, this is a serious niche. This is a serious group of people who do not treat their dogs like dogs they treat their dogs like children mm -hmm. that's a fact jack yeah well so some of the high-end companies like um he wants to get in again this is like bigger things like dior uh, like ralph Lauren has a beautiful um cashmere sweater but it's like 185 dollars right now he's not shopping there but he hopes to sure i mean there's like really high-end companies chanel all of them have a pet line louis vuitton all of them yeah. Yeah. But I figured yeah, he do. has to get a good enough following and being a pup fluencer, I felt like I had to do the work first. Like, don't just hold my dog up and say, I expect somebody to buy his product. Like he had to become a brand in a way if that, you know what I mean? He has to develop that, I think. I lost the sound. Sorry, I okay. muted myself. Oh, there you go. Um, no, I totally, I totally, I totally love your long term, um, you know, vision or viewpoint. It's really, it's, I can see that you stepped away from kind of the, the chaos that was creating in your own head, trying to sort of do what everybody else was doing. You got overwhelmed with that. You said, Hey, I need to find my own message. And, and this is what's this is what's come out of you when you sort of let down all of the, you know, uh, when you when you let go of all of the comparisonitis, I would yeah. assume. Yeah. And um, this may be something that blossoms into, you know, a, a billion dollar brand. This may be something that's a launch pad into a new idea. But it's very clear to me that you've got the hang of the digital marketing stuff. Would that be accurate to say? I'm learning, but I, for sure. But I would not have opened my eyes to it the way that I did. I would never have thought of this if I hadn't taken the training. Like it just, it, I, I don't know. It was very hard to get through my head. Like I said, I kept coming from the place of work harder, work harder. Like I just didn't understand it enough. And it's been life-changing. I mean, it like it, it's huge to me. Yeah. It's amazing what knowledge can do. It's like it can change <laughs> your life. The I mean, right it, knowledge. The, the right, right knowledge. knowledge. Well, the wrong knowledge as well. You know, well, knowledge is so powerful. We we really underestimate its its um its impact and how much it can change. You know, I was watching a a, a, a documentary last night about uh an up and coming rapper who, you know, is basically blown up and and one line um hit me. It was like he said at the end of the the documentary that it was it's a whole it was a he didn't realize that it's a whole nother world growing up just a couple of streets over, you know what I mean? And and 
yeah, it was powerful. You know, he the whole idea was is that, and that was the name of the documentary was Untrapped, and you know he was you know no longer kind of trapped, which is something that you know a lot of people in the hip hop culture call like a drug house, like a trap house. You know, so it was a clever use of words to call the documentary Untrapped, and kind of talk about this ex African American kind of dope boy who grew up in the slums and, and, and didn't know anything else existed because that was sort of where he grew up and then kind of growing up in the knowledge of seeing the world and realizing that even in his own city, Atlanta, just a couple of streets over, there was people living a completely different life. Yes. And now that he has that knowledge, it's like the world is his oyster. And I think that's our message here at Legendary is, is that it's not really you that has to change. Like you do developing good habits, discipline, consistency. Those are all, but really start with right here because it's hard to get your body to do something that your mind doesn't really understand yet. It's kind of like, why am I doing this? But that's why we call the blueprints, the blueprints, because it really is the difference between just swinging a hammer and understanding how to build the whole house. You know, when you're just swinging a hammer, it gets exhausting. Yeah. When you understand where you're going and what you're building, you can get more excited about it. And that's kind of what I hear you explaining is, is that I saw where I went wrong with the, with the written horse business where everything was print and nothing was digital. And now I see that I'm completely digital, all of the possibilities that I can do with another animal in a, a content driven business. And that's simply and purely because you have new knowledge. Yes. You yes. Know? It is. It's so eye-opening though. And it's, I think the hard thing is, you know, you realize when you're kind of grinding, when you're struggling, it's hard to open your mind because sometimes just surviving, just getting by is all you can think about. <laughs> we got the hat. <laughs> It's true. We get life is hard, man. And we are surviving every day. And yes, absolutely. We're usually not going to just come to these conclusions kind of on our own. Like when we come into an environment like legendary and we're going through training, if we want to get the most out of it, it's really important that we give ourselves time to go through the process, really let the information sink in and come back a few times and really listen to what people are saying before we prejudge it. Because yeah. the most powerful thing working against all of us is our limiting beliefs that we picked up from prior people, places, or things in our life. Yeah. Well, and like when I stunk at these MLMs, in my head, I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. I'm going to suck at this one too because – you know, I did 10 of them and I was terrible. And I mean, it just wasn't a fit for me. And then when my husband, which is my TikTok name is making money, honey, which was a joke because when I told my husband I was going to do yet another thing, he's like, oh my God, really? Why don't you just get a job? And I'm like, cause I don't want a regular job. I've never had one. And he's a job guy. He's a nine to fiver. He is a job guy. He doesn't get this, but he's finally seeing it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and hopefully a lot of our clients are seeing it here too, you know, because a lot of people come in and have very limited visibility about how far you can take this, how creative you can be, where did these skills 
and this knowledge really apply? Is it just in, you know, promoting legendary market or working in the make money online niche? No, it's not. That's just what a lot of us see because we turn around and, and, and sort of, well, in many respects, we were already looking at that content on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> so, and so TikTok continues to feed that. So our, our world gets very like kind of isolated and focused because of algorithms. And that's the problem with all of the world. If you're not careful, the internet will surround you with nothing but your own yes. ideas. Yes. And then you'll really be backed into a corner. Yeah, when you're only believing your own ideas and you forget that there's a whole world with a bunch of people who have a bunch of other beliefs, then guess what? You start to suck at selling and you start to suck at being able to get along with people and persuade people because guess what? Not everybody has the same belief that you do. Nope. You know? And so um, this is, this is, you're bringing out a lot of a lot of powerful stuff here on. Can this. I ask you a question? Please. When you started, because I know your background, what made you see this and realize? Because you went through, I mean, the same thing. You had to look at it and suddenly say, "Well, well, wait, wait a minute. This is better than physically working out there." Like, what did it for you? Well, I was I was doing MLMs. I was doing oh, MLMs. Oh. Okay. And chasing, so I was on a construction site with my father in 2008-ish, and there was a guy that kept coming by that we had previously worked on his house. His name was John. He joined an MLM, and we were working at a home a couple of houses down on the street, and John kept coming by every day on his lunch break and saying, this is the best thing since sliced bread. It was a cell phone MLM. Refer three, it was something. And so I ordered the phone. I joined the business, took all the money from that one construction job and the, in the company went out of business before I got the phone. Oh so, man. Yeah. So, um, but I had the bug, you know, I had the bug, I, I had the bug of entrepreneurship. And so I got on the internet and I started to learn how can I kind of take in an MLM business? Cause I did do a little, I ended up, I think, joining another one too. I think I ended up joining Numis Network, which was a, a, a numismatic coin MLM and um, no longer in business. And, uh, and, you know, I came online looking how to generate leads, basically, because I was, I was chasing friends and family. I was passing out business cards. I was collecting business cards <laughs> because I thought the secret is don't pass them out, collect them. Because then I can follow up with you. I swear to God, this is one of my things. I mean, these are some of the hundreds of business cards that I collected in 2008, 2009. Oh, my goodness. To, to try to then follow up with people. And none of it worked. I put magnets on the side of my truck to drive around. I thought that's the secret. I'll be a driving billboard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll get more calls than. But none of it worked until I learned how to. Um, place an ad in that back then it was organic marketing was not as powerful as it is now. So I started with Facebook ads and I started marketing training, how to generate leads online training to other MLMers. Oh, that's how I got my start. I like that. And then that's they came to you instead of you chasing them. 
well, I became the hunted instead of the hunter. And I still use that phrase to this day. I learned how to become the hunted instead of the hunter. And any business where you're the hunter, any business where you got to DM people, where you got to reach out to people, where you got to cold call people. That's why I say a lot of y'all come in the Facebook group and all this, and you have people who are reaching out to you saying they want to be your coach. The only thing they can teach you is how to do turn around and do cold outreach. That's all they know. So you got to be careful. Any business where you're the hunter, it's not a fun business. You got to be the hunted. You have to create, you have to find platforms or find specific leveraged activities like running an ad. That's a leveraged activity because yeah, you got to pay for it, but it's just, it gets pumped out to thousands of people. You don't have to do the manual work. Speak one to many. That was the secret that I realized was I got to speak one to many to get people in and at least get them initially qualified and then I can, if I'm going to talk to them on the phone or whatever, I'm talking to the really highly qualified people. So that was a little bit of my, my journey. That makes total sense though. But, and I think I was like in listening to you, one of the things too, when I first started going back to copying other people, if you don't, you know, when you're in school and you're learning information, when you just try to memorize it, you don't actually digest it and like own the information. But once you legit understand, then it's so much easier to produce content because you you get what you're trying to say. Instead yeah. of like, when I first started, I did the pointing and I did this stuff and I was just trying to copy because I didn't, I didn't feel it yet. I didn't get it. Does that make sense? Totally gets it. I mean, a lot of this is, is, is you have to learn with your body. You can't learn with your mind. You know, you have to learn by doing it. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, there's no way around it. And that's why the do it yourself gurus, the people out on the internet who are teaching internet marketing as if it's a, a, a lotto or a, or a slot machine is, 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 um, you're only wasting your time by doing that because, yeah, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Um, I'll show you this one thing in the, um, but this was my initial, this was my initial interview, um, you know, back in 2010 <coughs> of, uh, that particular, um, that particular company where I was, I was an affiliate and selling some of that MLM stuff. Um, this was when I was the member of the month, 2010, this is 12 years ago. Okay. 12 years ago, um, this was an interview that I did where I became the member of the month for that particular company. So I actually kept marketing to MLMers until I, I had some results. And that's sort of where my, my career launched from. And I, I think that there's a lot to, there's a lot to say about creating a success story as an affiliate. You know um, it's, it's, you know, a lot of us are interested in, multiple streams of income, but sometimes it's good to promote something until you can create a certain type of result within that company or community or within that affiliate program. And that was one of the things that I was able to do here. I was able to become the member of the month. I was able to get a couple of awards and, and acknowledgements. And I was able to use that to boost my confidence. And I was able to use that to um, boost and build my credibility on the internet as well. So, you know, I started with that offer in 2008 or nine, and you can see that I'm getting interviewed here in November 7th of 2010. So, 
you know, there was, there was some time and dedication that was put into that. But um, anyways, enough about me before we wrap up. Do you have any other questions that you want to, that you want to ask me? <laughs> well, I just find it interesting. Cause like you, you went from, cause like this summer I decided, cause I wanted organic stuff. I decided to, I took a little mini mental break, maybe not on purpose. I did a roadside garden stand and it all was lovely in the spring when the weather was beautiful. But when it was 90 degrees day after day after day and I'm out there sweating and I'm like, cover, you know, it really makes you re remember. It made me remember why I really want to learn this, that that's not the way. I mean, I grew beautiful beefsteak tomatoes and I when I, I that was one of the things you got to look at the numbers. You got to look at the business. And I realized physically I could only grow so many tomatoes. You can't charge $30 a tomato. Like you can only make so much money. And it just reminded me there's so much bigger out there, you know, like, I mean, physical is great, but it was exhausting. Well, that's the benefit of information. That's the benefit of information and selling information is, is that you can charge a premium for it. Right. And the, the reason why you can do that is, is because to the person who doesn't need that information, it's completely valueless. They wouldn't pay a penny for it. And for the person who really wants the information and also needs it, they're willing to pay a premium for it. And that was what I realized was that the importance of picking a niche and in, in dialing it in and speaking to a specific audience in, in really understanding their pain points and then being able to present a solution that could solve, even if it was one problem, one problem, like for an MLM -er to be able to generate leads online, that's just one problem. You know what I mean? So if you can solve one problem and you can go all in on that, um, it's really something. And the other thing that I realized, which I'll just drop on everybody, um, is that I realized the biggest audience was always going to be the people who are looking to get started. The people who are thinking, who are getting ready to get ready, who are thinking about it. And so I see a lot of people coming on and they're marketing specifically to affiliate marketers and they're using all that specific language. Well, if you're in this niche and you're marketing to the, and I'm only speaking from my experience, I'm not saying everybody needs to go into the make money online niche, but it's just an example that speak to their pain, speak to their everyday problem. Don't get so caught up on industry jargon. That, that you forget that the majority of your audience doesn't understand that jargon. And so I think the same thing applies in all of the, the niches that people mostly come online because they want, like you said, a release of dopamine. They want a quick joy. They want to escape. They don't even come on TikTok to learn. So if you're dropping mad knowledge on, it's kind of like they may not be ready for that, but storytelling, entertainment, curiosity, um, is, is, is the way to tease people in or, or chum the waters to get them in. And then you, you offer them something in exchange for their email address, which begins the relationship. That's really the beginning of the relationship. When they say, yes, you may enter into my private inbox. <laughs> you know what I mean? Would you think, would you say then for him that that's the right direction with the adventure newsletter? Cause that's kind of where I got that idea, obviously, is going through the training is that I need to get him in. I need to collect yeah. that. But I didn't want his content to look um, 
I didn't want his content to be salesy, but once I draw them in, if I do it in a way that is very fun and it, do you think that's the right direction? I do. I think that you can, you can create, um, anything like, like there's no real wrong direction as long as you're following the basics of the business model, which the basics of any business model online and really any business in 2022 should be build your database and um, send them up some sort of a value ladder over time, right? So, you know, d yeah, deliver value first, collect the email, and then everything should be education-based sales, you know, just like we do here at Legendary. It's kind of like the same, it, this literally applies in, in any niche. And what would I do in exchange for their email address? Yeah, something really simple, maybe test a couple of different lead magnets. Like these are the five best places to travel with a dog in, in America. Or that, you know, something that you know would be really valuable. Short, easy, quick exchange. And I'll send you more, you know, cool guides like this in the future or something like that. Okay. And, and you could offer them anything you want after the that on the landing page you could offer that there's so many different things that you can do um it, it yeah i mean it's 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 really incredible but i think you have to ask yourself really when we're there's like the reason why people spend money in the make money online niche is because there's an roi attached to it they can logically justify it you know what i mean like it's emotionally like yeah i want this in life. I want a better life, but I want to get rid of this pain. Oh, but it's going to cost money. Oh, crap. Oh, okay. Well, I can make the money back. And then we start to logically. So the question is, is people are going to be very emotional about their dogs. But when it comes time to ask for money in exchange for something, there's going to be a logical moment where people are going to have to justify the price. And the question is, how do you do that? One way that you can do that is and one way that a lot of companies do that is, well, the money that you're going to save is going to make you way more than what you're going to, um, what you're going to spend on this subscription, right? Okay. Um, the other thing, the other thing is, is that's an idea is how to never board your dog. You, you know, th there's so many different things that I think people would enjoy, but one thing I don't want to I don't want to miss here is just the justification of justifying the purchase logically. And so there it, it can't just be entertainment unless there's a bunch of people who are going to. But I think there's too much animal content that's free. So how can you justify it with your specific knowledge to both entertain them, but also to provide real financial savings or something else that's going to move the needle for them so they can logically justify the sale. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you think it also, I thought about not only his stuff, but I don't know if there was a way to introduce like how to, if you want to make money with your pet, Yeah. is there a way that you think slip that in where it doesn't Always. come across salesy, but like a lot of people would like to do this. Well, uh, the trick the trick in making a lot of money in, in, in sales and marketing is learning how to tie current events, stories, or just things that seem unrelated into your product, into your offer. And, and what I mean by that is, is that 
analogies, parables, stories are the most powerful way to get somebody to understand what you're talking about. It's why parables and things have been spoken and used in religious texts and so forth for thousands of years, because people remember stories. It's why people, you know, why there's stories in children's books and so forth and we movies. And it's why we attach to those things, because we can process stories a lot better than we can process just random information. You know what I mean? Because we're emotional and survival based beings that that are also connection or we 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 we're we're uh connection is important to us human beings as well so data it's not we don't hold that we hold feelings and stories and stuff like that so i think that um i think that uh um i think that being able to tie in points into what you're doing and in stories and things of that nature into what you're doing in sort of um in, in sort of so for example it'd be like hey um buddy here uh look you know i live a really good life and and, and i i don't know i tend to be sort of the the coming i'm imagining he has this personality that he may or may not have but hey it's buddy here in the email writing and you know what i am a gangster pimp player mac and i live an amazing life i mean seriously i got more clothes than most of the guys in my neighborhood you know what i mean and i and i eat i mean it's like it's like i feel like i've got a michelin chef in the kitchen i mean i'm i'm constantly snacking on the best salmon in the world it's unbelievable um and and uh, in order for me to continue to live this lifestyle, my my mom needs to continue to make lots of money. And there's a couple of ways in which she does that. Okay. You see that? You see how the transit. So it's, I just used humor and I just used, but what I did was I created a transition to introduce and talk about ways to make money online. And that is what I mean by the. Your, I've always said this, your income is simply, it's in direct proportion to your creativity. And, and that's why we don't market here like, oh, we'll do all the thinking for you. Because like those ideas of telling that story and then tying it into your product or using a current event and tying it into your product or your service is, you know, really the real trick to taking your sales and your marketing to the next level, because now you can relate to so many different people because you can, and that's the power of analogies. If I talk to a 18 year old kid in Wyoming in a 54 year old, 55 year old guy in LA, I need to use different stories. I need to use a different analogy to connect with that individual. That's, that's why those are so important. I love that. I, I just got, that was so huge because that is exactly, I, and that is his personality. He's a terrier. So he's, but I love that. So it transitions beautifully without coming across as, Hey, let me sell you something. Totally, totally. And I think that also if it doesn't make you laugh and you don't have fun writing it and doing it, it's not going to be funny to people. It's like a lot of times we're, we're mad because our content's not taken it off, taken off. But you're in 2022 and like content is king, content is queen. So you have to put forth a little bit more. That's why analogies, and I talk about this in the blueprints, analogies, parables, stories are so important. Um, also, being, I think the cool thing about using your 
it's almost like a pen name, but it's clearly another, you know, it's an animal. You get to, you could, if you wanted to be more bougie than you would normally be yourself if you were talking, you know what I mean? And so I think that's kind of a fun part about it. There was a guy named Kelly Felix who did a promotion called the rich jerk. And it's where he sold an internet marketing training, but the, but, but he hired an actor and the rich jerk was like this guy who walked around, like you guys could never be as successful as I am. You know, you know, he's got models around him and he's just talking down to people like he's better because he's rich, the rich jerk, but he's going to do you peasants a favor and he's going to let you into his course so you can learn the same skills. And it was fucking funny as shit. And he just sold tons. And so, you know, again, creativity, if your creativity is low, your views are going to be low. Your income is going to be low. You have to be create. That's the key. There's nowhere in the world in 2022 to where, you know, just pressing a button is going to make you rich anywhere on this globe anymore. We are too much of an advanced species for you to have such low expectations. Anybody who's listening. So, you know, it's about being entertaining. It's about being polarizing. You can stick to your values, but anything that when somebody comes on your video, it throws them off a little bit, or it's just, you tell a story that's just doesn't sound like everybody else. That's a point. Yeah. I think that's the hard part too, is I think sometimes people like me, I, from the magazine, I became very generic because I didn't want to polarize anybody. And that's yeah. a mistake because then your personality doesn't come out. I mean, you don't have to go on and, and intentionally antagonize people, but you have to be you. You have to, you can't just be tan. You can't be generic about everything because you're be bored. You. It's better to just be you. And, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of, I'm not a big politics and religion guy, but I mean, there's a lot of people who have used politics and religion to polarize people in 2022. You know, they take a political side and they call out the, you know, the freedom seekers or the patriots or whatever. Look, I don't get into all that because I tend to not get wrapped up in any politics, um, only values. Right. But it's true. It polarizes people. It gets people to to either like you or love you. And we're also afraid to be hated or excuse me, they get people to either love you or hate you. We're also afraid to be hated, but we don't realize how much we can be loved. I think the afraid to be hated, afraid to make a mistake, afraid. There's all of those fears, especially, you know, starting out in something like you said, you're afraid. I was afraid of what people would think of me. I didn't want my friends to see I was doing something else because I was like, oh, my God, they're going to go. Here she goes again. You know, you get caught up. They don't think about me. I don't know why I think they do. They don't waste their day. But you get caught up in your own mind. You know, you do like they don't care what I'm doing. They don't. They don't. And if you are a if you are a piece of entertainment for them for a second where they talk some sort of smack to their husband about you, who gives a shit? It's like that's that that's just them. It doesn't affect you. Maybe they're projecting their disappointment in their own self onto you. But if we just all imagine for a second that the whole world hated us, that the whole world hated us. Just for like, just sit in that for five or 10 minutes. And what's the worst thing that can happen? If you can just imagine the worst possible thing that could happen in, in sort of 
sort of condition your skin that way, you know, to toughen up and thicken up your skin. And also if you can reframe, I think the most powerful way to deal with hate is to reframe things and to really realize that when somebody's speaking hate onto you, that they're just simply disappointed in themselves and they'd rather take it out on somebody else than say, I'm fuck up. And so that's a huge reframe that allows you to not get caught up personally, because as you probably know, we're hard enough on ourselves as you just kind of listed out. We're, we're our own worst critic. Yeah, I agree. I think now, yeah, I do. I think I wish more people. Yeah. You talked about your mindset. If me, more people started there. And I think what I found very important for me, because like I said, my husband, he's a good guy, but he's not of the same mindset that I am. Um, you have to fill your mind with good stuff. If you have a lot of negativity like coming at you, you know, listen to a podcast, listen to a show, listen to an audio book, keep putting good content in and it'll balance it out. But you have yeah. to put the good in, I think. You know, I listen to a ton of audio books. Well, I, the reason why I do this show is because I think that listening to real conversations is the most powerful way to both learn, but also learn mentally, but also learn at, on a physical level. Because, you know, again, it's not about what somebody, what something tells you. It's about how it makes you feel. And what we need as entrepreneurs is confidence. And so the, the question really here is this right here. If you listen to people who lack confidence in themselves and lack conviction when they speak, you will, you will adapt that. If you listen to people who have confidence when they speak, who have conviction, and it doesn't mean that people who don't have confidence, it's not a good or bad. It's not a better or worse. It's just if you have a specific target, meaning you want to become more confident. And that is the number one thing that we all need to do to become successful as entrepreneurs. The, I believe personally the most powerful way to do that is to listen to confident people speak. Because when you listen and watch, and that's why I'm on camera every day. When you Now, I'm not confident about everything that I speak about. It's why I don't have a, a, a podcast or a show on every niche. But when you listen to somebody speak who has confidence and conviction about what they're talking about, you become more emboldened. You become more confident. And I've got a great example to prove the point. World War II, Adolf Hitler, the Nazis. Who in their right mind would think that doing what he says is in any way a good idea? But because he spoke it with such confidence, it influenced an entire country to do unspeakable, unspeakable, not a whole country, but a lot of people, unspeakable acts. Now, was every single one of those people born evil? I don't think so. I don't believe so. And I'm not trying to minimize or justify their behavior. But what I'm saying is, is that who we listen to matters. And if we want to develop our confidence, then we need to listen to other human beings speak about the things that we want to do, make them make sense to us, um, help us to believe in ourselves a little bit more. And again, based on the example I just gave, that really can go either way. So we also have to be careful. But it is belief, belief, I mean, believing that you can do it 
and getting little success, like stacking small wins. Like I started doing some Amazon stuff. I have a page called Daisy's Deals and it's kind of silly. I do promo codes and discounts, low commissions. I mean, I just started it not long ago. I've made, I don't know, 30 commissions or something. They're small, but it stacks the wins every day because I'm learning. I'm learning what people like. I'm learning how to bring people into my group. I'm learning how to do stuff. So it might be a $2 commission, but it it is uh, it's proving over and over that I can do this. And, that it, and I made money with Legendary. I've made money promoting it. I've like, I'm starting to go, okay, I'm not, I'm no expert, but I'm getting it. Like he's made money. I mean, it's exciting. It is exciting. And and it builds confidence. You know, I think that's the big thing that we have to remember that we're doing here is at the beginning, it's less about building income and more about building confidence. And if we look at it like that, and that was one of the big takeaways of that documentary that I watched last night on, on the, on that rapper, little baby, it's called untrapped. And it, what it, what it, the real takeaway that I had from that particular documentary was how good he got just in a couple, like a year at rapping. Like he wasn't a rapper. He wasn't a rapper at all. He wasn't kind of a street hustler. And, and he got out of prison and they said, you should rap, man, get you out of, out of the streets. You know what I mean? Get create income in a different way. And, and so he practiced and he worked, he outworked everybody and you could tell the difference between like his first album and his third album or fourth album, which by the way, he released like two albums a year. So he was like really practicing and rapping a lot. And in and, and his confidence from the first to like the third album, because he outworked everybody so fast, people were like, this guy's now one of the best rappers in the world. Right. And so that that building of confidence versus building of income in that first year I think is such a great focus because if you can build your confidence, even if it's about one thing, like even if you can become the, the most confident plumber in the world, um, <laughs> that's really what you need. Cause you, when you walk up on that job, there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in saying, I'm not the cheapest in town, but I'll do it right. Yep. And if I don't do it right, I'll come back and fix it for free. Yep. That's the plumber that I want. Not the guy who says, I'll be the cheapest in town. We'll be in and out fast. Yeah. It, it is. It's funny. It's, I'll make it a very short story. I had a show horse that I found in a field. Um, do you know much about like show horses, like hunters and jumpers? Because you're in Florida. My, There's a lot of my, shows. My six-year-old did throughout you know, all of 2020 and some of 2021. Um, didn't get into showing, but learned how to ride. And we spent many, many a weekends at an equestrian okay. farm, you know, at where she went to ride. So, yes. Okay. So you got, so I bought this horse out of a field. I only paid $2,300 for him. He turned out to be one of the most amazing show horses. Um, do you know what the Devon horse show is? Have you heard of Devon? It's the oldest and one of the biggest um, outdoor horse shows. It's been I think it's it's over a hundred years old. They usually bring in like the top 30 horses from the country. You have to qualify. So we drove in and I had a crappy old horse trailer. I had a horse that I paid $2,300 for. And I'm looking around at these hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of horses, big name trainers, people. And my horse and I won a class at Devon. Mm-hmm. And what was amazing, I I borrowed confidence because I didn't have it in myself but I had it in him and I 
borrowed it. And I feel like in this, you know, however you have to feel confident at first and then you do it and the confidence will develop. Like if people are struggling to feel good about going live or like find someone to go on live with you. Like if you're struggling on your first live, I know so many, a lot of people have gone on with me cause I, I just talk too much. Um, but they just need to borrow it. You know what I mean? And like, just, just do it and yeah. you'll get, you'll get good at it. You got like this guy, he started, he wasn't a rapper, but he did it. He practiced and now he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really something because you, uh, you know, you develop confidence rather quickly. It, it, it is interesting. The biggest leap that anybody makes is getting started, you know, um, you borrow confidence quickly and you're right. You can borrow it from other people. Jay Leno um, said to said one time that he's and this guy is, if I'm going to take success advice from anybody, dude, Jay is so successful. He was so successful for so many decades. And now he's got the best collection of, of classic cars in the entire world. And really? in the world, like wow. he, Jay Leno's garage is a TV show. And he said that you don't have to believe in yourself. You just have to, when you're getting started, get other people to believe in you. And man, that's some, 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 some powerful wisdom because if I waited until I believed in myself, I would have never got started, man. I would have never got started. I did not believe in myself when I got started. There are days when I struggle with self-esteem, even to this day, it's not as bad as it used to, but I am a human being who's got a rough past and a lot of things that I've had to work through and overcome. And so do you. So do all of you. Don't you sit there and say, well, I'm not wanting a junkie home. No, you got all your own shit. Yep. And, and you've been through just as much tough stuff as I have. So don't minimize your own problems, all of you out there listening and what you've been through. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any belief in myself. And so I started to just focus on delivering value, uh, trying to show people that there was a better way to do MLM, show people there was a way to earn money online. Like that's how I started. Like it was with that kind of, it was with that energy. Um, and my confidence grew over time because I saw that people were believing in what I was doing. And I kind of used them as Yo, is my, I mean, that's what you have to do. You can't use a mentor's, you can't ask a mentor if you're doing it good enough. You got to go ask the marketplace. The cons your mentor is not going to pay you. You're paying him or her. You got to go ask the marketplace to believe in you and work on getting them to believe in you. And man, you, you're once, once one person believes in you, dude, one person is like, thank you, that was awesome or whatever. I mean, you could have a hundred negative comments, but it's all it takes a lot of times is just one person to DM you, say that that changed my life or thank you or this is cool. And you're like, fuck, yeah, okay, let's go. You know, it's, it's, it feels it's really good. It yeah, feels, it feels good. It's addicting. Yeah. It's but addicting. In a good, yeah, in a good way. But I do, I think, you know, like you said, you, you have to, you have to look around and like, I think that brought up a point of content in the beginning when like I was getting low views on my content. You had to be honest with yourself and say, okay, if they're not watching it, it's because I'm freaking boring. Like you got to, like you say, be, be honest with yourself, but you, yeah, you have to be honest. Like if it sucks, it sucks, you know, and, then, and, and don't cry yeah. about it. I realized that about my weight. I've always been chubby 
And I used to get upset about it. Like if someone would say something, and I finally was like, you know what? It's not emotional. Like if my dog were overweight, I would just be like, okay, dude, we're going to give you some different food. You don't cry about it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I kind of made a change and I'm like, you you can't get emotional about all of that stuff though. You know? Well, it's and, exhausting too, isn't it? Yeah. It's but like, you, you, yeah. Sorry. Very exhausting. No, I mean, it's exhausting. And I, 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 to constantly be, a a a a wave pool for everybody's comments like based on what you say oh that's going to send a wave of of sadness or a wave of anxiety i have to yeah i have to um i have to really really put a lot of weight on the on the positive belief building comments and supporters and i have to really put zero belief on the haters and the negative comments and if i can find somebody that believes in me and that's why i think this community can be so powerful for each one of us is because we can always find one person in this community that can believe in us. Like if you're looking, you can find one person that can believe in you. And even if you don't have that person at home, which I realized my wife couldn't be everything for me. Like she can't be my cheerleader and my rock and my lover and my best friend and the, an amazing mom. And like, I got to have realistic expectations. So I got to also be willing to be an adult. And, and, and not complain about everybody in my life not supporting me, but go and find people who do support me and feed off of their belief if I can't. Because you know what? Our spouses love us deeply and eventually they'll come around. But I have to be responsible for my own success. And if you're not going to give me the belief that I'm asking you for or that I need or that I want – I have to be a big boy or big girl and go find ghosts. And that's what I did in a sense. Like when I started, my wife didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was, we were just recently getting clean. So it wasn't like I had a track record of being some great business person. And she didn't, she didn't support it. She what? she was like, that's great. And I had numismatic coins, remember of, from that MLM. There was a, a moment that I could, there was a month I couldn't pay my half of the bills. And she said, I don't give a shit. Go take those numismatic coins to the jewelry store and sell them. I was like, oh God, this is something, this is my business. You may, but she, you know, she was just in reality. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times us entrepreneurs, we, we get up in the clouds and, yeah. and you know, so my, it's, it's about also placing that expectation in the proper places. And there is a world of people. It was a couple of years. And my wife's always been my foundation and my rock. But it was probably a couple of years before my wife really got it. Like, was really like, this is a career for you. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she loves it now. It, are you? <laughs> yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. This well, is now we, now we work in the same together every day and, and we're on a, a, a different, you know, in a different place. But, um, but you're a great example though, for people that, I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of people appreciate that about your stories that you're honest with it. You, you don't hide it. You tell people because it is your story and it shows that if you, set your mind to it. You get the right education. You open your mind to ideas and then you do the work. You yeah. can look what you did. Yeah. I yeah. think it's, a I don't know how it all happened. Honestly, I didn't plan any of it. I mean, I, I just really put my head down the same way that each one of us has success. It's not, there's not a secret or anything, but, um, but it's, it's all the stuff that we've talked about today. And this is such a, a, 
a great example. I'd love to do a follow-up episode with you. Buddy, I'm sure, has – this guy is a real professional. I mean, he oh. really knows how to sit there through an interview. This guy's media trained. But he's a maniac when he's not when he's not here. He's a – when I tell you a full-out maniac, he's like a maniac. He's so good, though. But he, Oh, I do have one – I know you got to go, but one short question. Do you think it's beneficial – for his, like, he wants to have some buddy buddy stuff. Like, he wants to make note cards with, like, I have all these cute pictures of him. Some, like, sort of buddy merch, but not tacky, like, you know, not not tacky stuff. He wants to have some nice things. To, like, companies like Tito's uh, Vodka, they give a portion of their proceeds to a rescue. Do you think that that would be beneficial, that if he gives a portion of his earnings to a rescue, is that a good marketing thing or no? I mean, my my experience with doing ch having charity as a as a as a thing behind my offer or as a as a part of my offer is that it didn't move the needle. Okay. Um, because people are people, and they're they're only going to be motivated by something that they want to do, and oftentimes they want to put their money towards the charity that they want. Gotcha. Make sure that the money goes to, to that. And I think that when you start to do a charity thing, you also open up your business and yourself for a lot more um, um, micro uh, being under the microscope. Yes. I never and thought I, about I, that. Yeah, you're right. I that opens up a huge fraud. Then they want to know where you're spending your money, where uh, if he wants to donate, then he could just do a donation out of his art. OK, see, I'm glad I asked you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it actually didn't move the marketing needle for me when I did it selling a product. Now, if it's a charity only event, if it's a something like that, that's different. Auction, but if it's a I'm gonna I, I've thought that some of the companies that have done a charitable thing like Tom's, they make a pair of shoes and they give a pair of shoes away, or there's some companies that make socks for every pair they sell, they give one away. I haven't followed the, the growth of those companies, if that's actually made sense, if that's been a long-term good strategy, but it never compelled me to want to buy the shoes. I bought one pair one time and my feet sweat so bad, I never bought another pair. That's true. I never thought about that. It doesn't make me buy the product. The yeah. only one that I like is Tito's Vodka because they have an actual dog rescue. So that's a different... Right. But you're right. I never looked and went, oh, I'm going to buy these note cards because they donate money to the kitty rescue or something. You're right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Rolex is a great example of that. Like Rolex, they, um, Hans Wildorf, the founder, like created a foundation and, and left the business to the foundation. So it's a nonprofit that Rolex themselves does a lot of environmental work and stuff. So it's cool. It makes you feel good about buying a watch from them because there's that element on top of the watch. But yes, you're right. They've, they are the foundation versus we're going to then send the money out. And I think there's different psychology there, as you just pointed out. So yeah, yeah, let's, do, let's yeah. do a follow-up episode two and come back, bring more questions. Anyone who's featured on the show can fire off any questions to me and I'm happy to answer them. And uh, yeah, buddy. He wants to know if you make um, legendary shirts in his size. We <laughs> not that I know of, but there's a possibility that we could. We'll put it on the wish list. You could have some doggy merch. Yes.
Well, thank All you right. so much. It has been so awesome. Oh, can I, you said analogies, my last thing. Sure. You know how I picture what I learned? Remember the scene in Wizard of Oz where she opens the door. It starts in black and white. She opens the door and everything's in color. Mm -hmm. Remember that scene? Yeah. That's what learning this has been for me. It's nice. like a whole new world. Cool. So, well, thank it you. Was great to talk to both of you and uh keep up the great work be legendary see you buddy we'll talk to you later we'll follow follow you on social and and support you and and uh follow your journey okay thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you all right take care cindy bye-bye all right my friends uh there you have it wow a um a uh a totally different look a totally different angle on what we're teaching here and how it can be used so um, let that marinate, sink in. There was a lot of nuggets that just came up sort of spontaneously as well throughout this episode. So um, definitely worth a re-listen. Uh, and we'll see you back here for another episode tomorrow. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode, then you can subscribe to our text message list and you can just text the words W-U-L, um, uppercase. I don't even think it has to be case sensitive to the number on your screen. We'll shoot you a little text message right before we go live and you can just click the button and go right over to our live video. So make sure that you do that. We'll never spam or send any crap. Um, I mean, I'd love maybe sell something or offer something one day to that list, but we haven't yet in a couple of years. So uh, you should be pretty good. All right, my friends. Um, yeah. Wow. What an episode. If you want to be featured, if you have a, a business that you've launched, that's in a weird niche, and you've gone through our training and you think that you could offer some value back and have a cool conversation, then go and apply uh, and fill out our questionnaire to be featured on the show. And uh, thanks again to Cindy. And thanks again to, of course, uh, her, her pupfluencer buddy. All right. See you guys later. Have a great day. Get out of here. Be legendary. Peace.